You're listening to Chasing Prophecy Radio, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. On UPRN Talk Radio, FM 107.7 in New Orleans and FM 105.3 in Mississippi. If it's unexplainable, we're talking about it. Whether you're a believer or a skeptic, we cover everything where the unknown becomes the known. And now, now, here's your host, host, Jenny Nicasio. Nicasio. Welcome to Chasing Prophecy Radio on FM 107.7 in New Orleans. Amy and Charmont and 105.3 in Henderson Point, Mississippi, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. Tonight, we are thrilled to have a very special guest joining us, John Russell. John is a renowned figure in the world of paranormal research. He's an author. He spent years being a psychic, delving into the mysteries that lie just beyond the veil of our understanding. With a keen eye for detail and passion for uncovering the truth, John has contributed significantly to our understanding of the supernatural. Whether it's ghost hunting, exploring ancient myths, or investigating unexplained phenomena or doing psychic readings, John brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the table. So tighten your seatbelts, folks, and prepare to embark on a journey into the unknown as we welcome john russell to the show so good evening and welcome back john how are you this hey, evening Jenny. how are you doing it's so nice to be back with you again i'm looking forward to this evening and i appreciate you having me back i'm so glad to have you back i'm so glad i mean we're starting 2024 with you so yep. and, and we just finished up january and we're going into what is this the 4th of february already can you believe it 4th of february already yeah unbelievable yeah. and groundhog did not see his shadow so i'm looking <laughs> forward to spring sunshine and some warmer weather so yeah, john so tell me what have you been up to well you know i continue to read for my worldwide clientele so i do that i've been a professional psychic over 50 years i've read for clients in over 40 countries which just blows my mind. It's just an amazing honor. Um, I've, in the past couple of years, I've done over 170 interviews. So <laughs> staying very busy. A lot with of that. interviews. It's a, a lot, lot of interviews. Of interviews. And I've got a lot scheduled for this year already and done a lot this year already. I did seven interviews in January and uh, I've completed three books. Three books are out Writing uh-huh. with Ghost Angels and the Spirits of the Dead, and Knock in the Attic. And my latest book, 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities, I've finished a fourth book, uh, The Crying Tree and the Magic Rock, and that will be coming out this year. Wow. And I'm about halfway through a fifth book, The Cansack Ghost, which will come out either late this year or early next year. Wow. How in the world do you manage to do a couple of books at a time? I had a problem just doing one. I hear you. Well, I stay tired a lot. <laughs> do you get any sleep? I do. I do a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, but I usually wake up like at three at the witching hour and then I have oh, a hard time going you back know what? to sleep. I've yeah. been doing that almost every night. Uh, usually three, was it three Oh three, three thirteen. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. 
That's the yeah. And then okay. I have a hard time going back to sleep. And a lot of the times I get up at four or five a.m. anyways. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think if you get up early, you get more. If you go to try to go to bed, they say if you try to get in bed at 10 p.m., you'll fall asleep by 11. And that's right. that puts you. And if you wake up, say, 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock, it's really good because you can do so much within that time that get you normally done, couldn't yeah. get done. You know, the so house is quiet. I can get up. I can answer my client emails. I can check my schedule for the day. I can, yeah. you know. All Isn't this good it a peaceful stuff. time, though, in the early morning? You get your coffee. Yeah, nice and quiet, nice and dark, yeah. and nobody around to disturb you. So, yeah, yeah it's good. Think. It's good. You can think. So I just yeah. want to let everybody know that this, this show is sponsored by the United Public Radio. Um, and if you have a if you have a question or comment, um, let me see. I haven't even looked in to see if there's anybody in the chat yet. I, don't, I do not believe. I think we're the only ones in it so far. Um, for some reason, I'm not sure. Uh, I know a lot of other, um, you know, streamers and influencers mm -hmm. say that first five minutes that no one's in the chat or they can't see. It doesn't start right or they don't get a notification until it's almost 10 till you know 10 into the shows so, oh, i don't know i don't know why that is but it's crazy but uh yeah. well let's just back up a little let's just go i'm just going to go back so you you okay wait, where are we i had some questions for you okay right. so let's talk about i don't want your new book um yeah. the one how to develop your psychic abilities we'll do that one first because okay. okay. i did not know i but on your website i didn't see that one so is it out yet uh, oh yeah yeah it's been out oh, since july of last year yeah oh yeah, well, it's on my author website and on my psychic website there's links okay. to it yeah. okay so and is melissa your wife or is she a, a that's my students? motorcycle oh that's your motorcycle you named that's her okay yeah, yeah well, let, well let's talk about your motorcycle first okay i know you <laughs> <laughs> i think I think that's an eight. Um, you named your, your, um, okay. So in the writing with ghosts. Okay. Right. So you, okay. So you go, um, it's ghosts and angels and this, you talk about the spirits of the dead. Right. So it's an, it's a blend with your motorcycle travel and the paranormal yeah. exploration. So what inspires right. you to combine these two things, these elements, your bike. Well, you know, your, I, I've been a biker since I was 15 and, uh, you know, I, I started, um, I became aware of my psychic gift at the age of six, started doing paranormal investigations at age 11, and then started reading professionally at the age of 18. So uh, I've always been a biker, always been a psychic. That's and, crazy combo. <laughs> yeah. And the interesting way that this merged was uh, I had shot a TV pilot for the History Channel, which unfortunately never aired. But mm. I became friends with my producer and we continued to work on projects together to try and get me back on the air. And um, he said, you know, he said, I've had way, way, way over a thousand paranormal experiences, as we discussed previously. And he said, you know, why don't you take and start a blog online and just put snippets of some of these experiences you've had so that when we approach other producers, we can point them there and they can read and say, OK, this mm -hmm. is you know, get a better idea of what everything's all about. So I said, okay. So I started this little blog. And about that time, I began to have paranormal experiences that were related to uh, my bike riding. 
my motorcycle riding and then the destinations I went to and so on and so forth. And they became really intense and very frequent during this time. And they were so over the top, even for me, even for what I've experienced, that I began to put snippets of those in the blog. But then I looked at it and I said, you know, these things are so incredible, even by my standards, my experiences, these things are so incredible that I've got to write down the entire story of what happened with each one of these episodes, go into detail on it, what I learned mm -hmm. from it, what it taught me, what it might teach someone else, what it might teach the reader as far as advancing their spiritual walk. And I have to do that and put that into a book. And uh, I thought that's, that's going to be my legacy is writing with ghosts, angels and the spirits of the dead. So that was the impetus for the first book. That's how that came about. That's neat. That's a, that's a, I like that combo. So your encounters include not just ghosts and spirits, but also angels and UFOs. Right. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. How does, how does the UFOs come into the scene? Uh, the um, UFOs I've experienced since I was around 20, 21, 22, mm -hmm. somewhere around in there. I had my first UFO experience and uh, I saw it in broad daylight with witnesses. And what was really funny was up to that point, I didn't believe in UFOs. I'd had all these paranormal experiences. I'd been reading, uh, doing psychic readings for years and years, but I mm -hmm. just didn't believe in UFOs. I just couldn't cotton on to it until I saw my first one. And then I was like, okay, okay now, we, now we've got to change denominations here. And uh, since then, I've had several uh, experiences with UFOs, um, a lot of sightings up close and personal, and one with a communication with a UFO, which uh, was really frustrating because well, when, I, when I saw it and I realized it was a UFO and it was very close, mm -hmm. um, I, I stood up and verbally and psychically, I said to it, if you can hear me, stop and reverse course slightly. And it oh, stopped wow. and it reversed course slightly. And I was like, holy cow. And then yeah. all of a sudden it shoots up into the, it was down real, real low. And it shoots up about to the level of where you look up in the night sky and the 727, 757s are flying over right around that level. And it hovered there a little bit. Then it shot up into the stars, hovered there a little bit and then shot off into the universe. All of that occurred in, in less than a split second's time. No noise, no sonic boom, no flames, no nothing. No. Just mind-boggling. And I've discussed with several interviewers, several of my friends, several people I know. I've pondered it myself. It's like, okay, obviously it heard you. Obviously it interacted with you. And then it was kind of like, and everybody's reaction was kind of the same as mine about its departure. It's like, yeah, yeah, we heard you. Hey, what's this? Boom, you know, we're out of here. Yeah, what we do. that's what they say. And and then nothing, no follow-up, you know, no, um, no, no further attempted at contact, no uh, great mysteries of the universe revealed, <laughs> no, no healings, no health. I'm not any better looking. I'm not any richer. So, so <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> well, you hear a lot of people say that, like, if you have an encounter, so you're, you're a psychic, so you might be able to channel them. You right, might be able to communicate right. with them sometime, um, but you didn't have any experiences like that. Never have been able to. And I'm, you know, I'm aware of a lot of people that say that they do. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff that they bring through is basically useless. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense. That's what so, you uh, I've, I've just, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of these, I'm one of the most skeptical psychics there is for all the experiences I've had. And my life is very practical. My readings are practical. They tell people what to do and how to do it to make their mm -hmm. lives better.
and the experiences that I've had with the paranormal manifestations have not been imagined or hallucinated or meditated or dreamed or whatever. They've occurred on the physical realm and other people have witnessed them. We've caught them on camera. We've caught them on audio. We've caught them on, on video. Uh, so all of these things. And then we figured out, or I figured out, how does this fit into the paradigm of life? And things have to make sense. Things have to be practical. Um, you know, we can, we can get all, all foo-foo and, and out there and uh, imagine anything we want or say anything we want, but does it actually change our lives for the better? And does it actually make our lives better? And if it doesn't, I discount it. I, I just, I don't have anything to do with it because yeah. it doesn't move my life or my client's life forward in any practical way. If it doesn't do it, then you lose it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it. It's got to work. It's got to work. Yeah. Hi, Cindy. I just saw you um, in the chat. Uh, if you have any questions for John, shoot them at him. Absolutely. So I, I read that you're a skeptic of other psychics. Yes. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, in the religious field, as we've seen from the phony mega, mega church evangelist, and uh, as we've seen in the psychic field, uh, there's a lot of phonies out there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of frauds. There's a lot of fakes. There's a lot of phonies. And there are some people that are well-meaning, but they don't know what the heck they're doing, you know? And this is something that I have literally devoted my entire life to. I had my first paranormal experience at the age of five, between the age of five and six, I became aware of my psychic gift and began to exercise it. And I was, had a phenomenal reading comprehension from an early age. So by the age of eight, 10, 11, I was reading adult level books and comprehending them. So I studied everything I could find on the planet about religion, psychology, parapsychology, mm -hmm. the supernatural, the spiritual realm, the para, you know, the paranormal realm, the psychic realm. I studied everything I could get my hands on and I experimented with it. I said, let's see what works and what doesn't. And if I can't make it work, if it doesn't work, I discard it. If it's a theory somebody has and I run it through the grinder as many times as possible, and it just don't fly, got to get rid of it, got to discount it. And I saw from an early age uh, in the church, there were people that preached one thing and did the opposite. And there were a lot of people that cheated, you know, on their spouses, on their taxes, in their business, whatever. There were people that stole, there were people that were so disingenuous and dishonest. I said, whoa, wait a minute, something's wrong here because they're proclaiming adherence to this belief system, but it doesn't change their lives and they're not living it in their lives. And then likewise, I saw that in the psychic realm, there were a lot of psychics out there that, uh, you know, oh, I, I bought a tarot deck and I read a tarot book. Now I'm a tarot reader, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, folks, I have spent 50 years as a professional. I'm still learning. I'm still studying. <laughs> I'm still trying to get better. I'm still trying to figure things out. And I've seen people that had a year or two experience and they think they're an expert, you know. And I've been doing this since I was a kid. And I mean, I have devoted my life to it, dedicated my life to it, studied like crazy, still continue to study like crazy. And so it, it perturbs me when I see people go out there and think that they've had a few experiences. They've read a few books. They've talked to somebody. I know what I'm doing. No, you don't. You're a neophyte. You're a beginner, <laughs> you know. Well, um, okay. So, like, I see so many on TikTok. But I see a lot of mediums on TikTok and they're, they just go off and they start, oh, well, if you put so much money in the chat, blah, 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 yeah. I'll do a reading for you. Right. And there's, there's a lot of the mediums that 
there's one in particular, it's a woman. And she she's I kind of <clears throat> I feel that she is. She had a she had cancer as a young girl, mm -hmm. and then she had a couple mm -hmm. near-death experiences, and she thinks she says that I'm not sure if she said that she developed these when she was sick or came back from the you know dead. Right. right. But um it's just I don't know. I, I want to believe that they're sincere. Mm -hmm. But when you go, like if I come to you and I how would you even start the the, the reading? Like well, you just said you go I, into I, a ch chant, you you start to go into a trance or what oh, happens? Oh good lord, no. Don't that's that's armchair stuff, that's bush league stuff. <laughs> Uh, a true psychic, the gift is on all the time. It's on constantly. You never turn it off. You're always aware. You're always able to do a reading. And when I do a reading, I explain to the client, there's two things that are going to happen. The other side is going to give me information for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to write all that down, have that ready to go before our reading starts. Now, the flip side of that coin is the other side sees further down the road than we do. And they see things from a different perspective of importance than we do. And what I mean by that is um, a woman might come to me and her hot button in the reading might be her romantic life. The other side is saying, screw that. You need to go back to college and finish this degree. <laughs> so that's their hot button. Okay. So what I do with my clients, I'll tell them, I'm going to give you everything the other side gives to me unvarnished without interpretation. Here it is. That's what they tell you you need to do. At the same time, write down your list of questions that you have. And that'll be including mm -hmm. that romantic issue. And we'll cover that as well. So we cover both sides of the coin. So that way we get the client's questions in, make sure we cover all of those. I make sure that I cover everything that the other side gives me for them. And in the reading, I dial them on the phone as soon as they pick up. We have a little small greeting. Hi, it's John. How you doing today? Well, let's get started on your reading. And then depending upon the way that spirit leads me for that particular reading, I'll either ask them to start with their questions or I'll start with what the other side's mm -hmm. giving me and ask them to jump in when they need to. So no, no special thing. I don't need their birth date. I don't need their, uh, you know, their star sign. I don't need their picture or anything. It's just here I am. I've got the gift. Let's go, you know, let's do this thing. Oh, okay. It doesn't sound too scary. Um. No, not at all. Not at all. That's interesting. Now, um, so you're not a medium, you're a psychic. I am. Or do you, a medium. Or, am okay. A medium. So you're a medium yeah. too. Yeah, I communicate okay. with those on the other side. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Now any, any true psychic has to be a medium. And I think any true medium has to be a psychic. I think it's people have tried to separate that over the years and it doesn't make any sense to separate it because if you're a psychic, you're perceiving, you're not only predicting things or revealing mm -hmm. things, you're also interacting with, uh, entities and intelligences, beings on the other side to get that information. Your uh, your guardian angels, your spirit guides will give you that information. So in that sense, you're a medium. Uh, if you're seeing something in the vision, I've seen inside people's houses and described the layout of their furniture. Okay, wow. that's remote viewing. Uh, that's the new age term for it, the new label for it. It's always been there. It's been called clairvoyance, seeing at a distance, clear seeing. So that's always been there. We just put all these new labels on things. But I've always told people, like, look, if you're a psychic, you should be a medium. You should be this. You should be that. I never put a label on myself, and I never restricted myself. So I said, okay, I want to learn how to communicate with the other side. I want to develop my skills in predicting the future better. Mm -hmm. I want to experiment with crystals and rocks 
and stones. I want to experiment with pendulums, with dowsing rods, with crystal balls. And I want to see where all that fits into my tableau and what is the strongest thing that I can use and just enhance myself. And, you know, you don't go to the gym and all you do is do dumbbell curls. And then you leave and that's all you ever do. You do bench presses, you do things for your shoulders, you do things for your neck, you do things for your legs, you do things for your stomach. And so likewise, a psychic, you should expand and develop as many things as you can and then see where your strengths lie within that. But don't restrict yourself and don't label yourself. Don't say, well, I'm only a psychic. I'm not a medium. I'm, I'm a medium. I'm not a psychic. It should all integrate. It should all be there. So your book that is teaching you the one book that you're talking about teaches you how to develop your psychic ability. Right. 20 no. ways to increase your psychic ability. So each chapter, there's 20 chapters and each chapter has one specific tool or technique in it. What I do is I define that for you in the beginning of the chapter. I tell you what it is. Well, what is this thing? Okay. This is what it is. And then I tell, tell you step-by-step, step, I take you by the hand, tell you step-by-step, how to learn that particular tool or technique and then how to practice it to get good at it. And then the real world application of it so that it's not just a parlor trick. It's mm. something you can actually use in your day to day life to improve your life. And I've gotten feedback from readers all around the world. People are sending me emails and, and so on and so forth and communicating with me on Facebook saying, John, I got the book. I tried the things. It works. <laughs> and the reason I knew that these techniques work, Jenny, is over the years, the other side has taught me these techniques directly. So I tried them, practiced them. I know that they work. And um, the other thing is there are so many books out there that um, say they're going to teach you how to be psychic or improve your techniques or whatever. And they are so couched in complex language and um, complications and they're difficult to understand. And so I wrote this book in plain, simple language that anybody that doesn't know anything about any of these techniques or the psychic realm, they can pick up this book, understand it and begin to use it. And the reader feedback has confirmed that they said, John, you've made it plain, simple, easy to understand, easy to learn, easy to practice and easy to do. So that was one of my aims. The other aim was to get rid of the superstitions surrounding psychic things that if you're going to perform a certain ritual, you have to have expensive tools. You have to find hard to find herbs. You have to wait till the third month of the year on a Sunday night on a full moon and blah, blah, blah. And wear purple. And no, <laughs> you don't. It doesn't have to work that way. And I'm proof positive of it. And so are the people that are using the book. I distilled everything down to its basic essence. If you want to learn how to do this, here it is. Here's how to learn it. Here's how to do it. Here's how to practice it. And here's how to get good at it. So it's a very simple book. It's a very practical book. It's a book that anybody can take and use, learn the techniques and use them to improve their lives, to make their lives better. Yeah. Could you give us, cause you really don't want to give the whole book. We want people to go out and buy the book. Could you give me, give us maybe three tips um, or something that's in the book that can help. Yeah. I want to develop my psychic ability. Right. Okay. I let's say, See, I don't know if this is really psychic ability. Like I had a dream last night about my mom who passed away. And at first she was a little mad at me in the dream. And then the, towards, the, you know, I guess maybe five minutes into the dream, she mm -hmm. was real happy to see me. Yeah.
Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Having. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. It's like, yeah, okay, I what is she trying to tell? Can you learn something from the book or not? Because this oh, is yeah, more like. Oh, absolutely. I have an entire chapter on dream interpretation. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have an entire chapter on dream interpretation that people have really been enjoying. And we don't place enough emphasis. Uh, so, do you think anyone can develop their abilities? Yes, absolutely. And that's why I wrote the book, Cindy. Uh, anybody can develop their abilities. Now, we're all going to plateau, we're all going to advance to different degrees. I have a lot more than most people. Um, and some people are just gonna, there's gonna be varying degrees that you can achieve, but everybody can develop their abilities. Absolutely. So get the book, Cindy, work on what you want to, you'll see things develop now. Having said that, again, it's just like going to the gym. If you want to bench press hundred pounds, you go to the gym, you can only bench press 50 pounds. You keep working, keep working until you can get up to 60 pounds, 75, 80, you finally get up to hundred. And then if you take a month off, go back to the gym, maybe you can only do 80. Now you can't do 100 anymore. It's the same way in the spiritual world. If you use these tools and techniques, you have to develop them consistently and work on them, focus on them, use them every day, and then you begin to see results. And then if you slack off, it, it kind of goes retrograde like your muscles do. So uh, yeah, but anybody can develop these. But yeah, the, uh, the chapter on dream interpretation our dreams are so much more important than we realize. And I teach people in the book how to get information from the other side, how to perform lucid dreaming if you want to, um, all of these things and, and the practical way of dream interpretation, which uh, one of the greatest things that people don't realize about dream interpretation, we're the best interpreter of our dreams because the other side through our subconscious and our own subconscious uses symbols that are in particularly meaningful to us. So what I mean by that is the average straight male, if he sees a red high heel shoe, that's sexy, right? That's hot. Okay. Now the waitress that's on her feet all day that comes home and has to soak her tired feet. If she sees a red high heel shoe, it looks like a torture device. So two entirely different interpretations. <laughs> yeah, she, tired feet. she don't want to be in a high heel. Her feet are exhausted. They hurt. Yeah. Okay. So two entirely different interpretations. So we're the own best interpreter of our dreams. If I see a horse in a dream, I've had bad experiences riding horses. So to me, that's not going to be pleasant. It may be warning of danger. It may be saying, hey, your life's in difficult circumstances right now. Look for ways to improve things. To someone that grew up with horses and is an equestrian and loves horses, they say a horse in a dream, it's going to be the symbol of freedom and love yeah. and adventure and excitement. So two entirely different things. So one of the things that I teach people in the book, learn yourself, 
you know, focus on yourself and what the symbols mean to you. Keep a dream diary. And after a while, it's all going to start to make sense and come together for you. There you go. Yes. So, um, okay. So we're going to go, let's move on to uh, some other things about ghosts and people who sure. claim they've seen ghosts. Right. Okay. So making a phone call to a ghost, making a phone call to a ghost is an extraordinary, <laughs> extraordinary claim. Yep. I had a, a dear, dear friend of mine. He's on the other side now. And we were just best buddies. We were drinking buddies. We were both artists. Uh, we both liked all the same things. And um, we were just, we were, we were pretty rowdy. Uh, for example, we were, uh, we'd get out at the bar and I was sitting there beside him and I turned my head to talk to somebody else. And I felt this warmth in my lap. And I was like, what in the world? And I looked down and he had tossed a lip match in my lap. And I had to grab a glass of water and douse it out. So these are the kinds of things we did to each other. When people uh, saw us coming, they said, here come the toxic twins, okay? <laughs> so uh, we would go our separate ways, get home. And I would usually call him when I got home. And we'd talk for a little bit. And uh, he'd say, well, I'm going to sleep now. I'd say, okay, good night. And then I'd look at my watch and wait till about 20, 30 minutes had passed when I knew he'd be asleep. And then I'd call him and wake him up and blather at him till he cursed me <laughs> and hung up on me. So this is back before cell phones but, and you have the cordless phone with the antenna, right? Mm -hmm. That you pulled out and you had speed dial buttons and you program numbers in those speed dial buttons. So I had yeah. him at this particular speed dial number, right? Cause if you're going to harass somebody at night, you want the convenience of punching a button and there they are and you get to harass them. So I uh, punched the speed dial button for him and we talked a little bit and, he hung up. And so I waited about 20, 25 minutes and punched the speed dial button for him again on my phone. The phone rang a couple of times and this woman picked up. And I was like, what in the world? And I pulled my phone away and looked at it. And I was like, I punched the right speed dial button. Who is this? And I said, well, geez, maybe he's got company or something. He didn't tell me he's going to have a woman <laughs> over. I said, um, I said, this is, this is John. I said, uh, is, is Bill there? And she said, uh, John who? And I said, John Russell. And I said, I'm, I'm a friend of Bill's. And I, I said, I'm sorry, I didn't know he was going to have company. I said, is he there? And she went, so this is John Russell. And I was like, what in the world? And I was like, yeah. And I said, uh, is, is Bill there? And she said, there's no Bill over here. Over here. Over oh. here. And I was like, oh, I got chills wow. all That's over. Scary. I was like, okay. And I said, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I said, I, I know I dialed the right number. I said, and she said, so this is John Russell. And I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I said, you seem to know me, but I don't know you. Who is this? And she went, Hmm. So this is John Russell. I was like, what in God's name? That's scary. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I, you know, I, and she cut me off and she goes, I'm very tired and I'm going to go to bed now. Good mm. night. And hung up. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I hung up the phone. I hit the exact same speed dial number again, the exact same button, and Bill answered. And I was like, Bill, don't think I've gone insane. But between the time I called you previously and the time I called right now, did I call you? Did the phone ring? No. I said, 
listen, this is very important. I know you're going to think I've gone nuts or drank too much. Just bear with me. I'll explain it tomorrow. <laughs> is there a woman there with you now? No. I said, did anybody else pick up the phone than you? He's like, John, what in the world's wrong with you? What's going on? I said, I'll, I'll explain it to you tomorrow. So the, the two possibilities that I got out of that, uh, Bill's wife had committed suicide in that oh, house that he lived in. That is and I spooky. thought, I wonder if she was watching our developing friendship and somehow I wonder. all from the other side. Or there's some woman on the other side that knows me and is keeping tabs on me that I don't know who is. And she all that night. Yeah. But that that's was, that creepy. was my phone call to a ghost. <laughs> that is really creepy. I mean, yeah, come on. Cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Was this was this have you already developed you were already a full-fledged, I guess, psychic. So this wasn't like the beginning of something, was it? Oh no, no. Everything started when I was five. So you okay, know, I that's... was I was up in my, you know, twenties, thirties. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Now, with encounters ranging from deceased pets to people, UFOs, how do you prepare for to protect yourself? I mean, during these paranormal encounters. You know, and I've, I've never had that worry. I've never had that concern. No. Uh, I've done, you know, paranormal investigations since I was 11. I've had all these experiences since I was a kid. I've never uh, encountered anything that made me feel threatened. Uh, I've never encountered the, you know, the exorcist movie version of anything. Uh, I've never been hit or scratched or bit or threatened yeah. or any of that nonsense. Uh, it just, it just doesn't happen. And I, I don't, the only thing that I do, I approach the other side with respect and respect. the other side gives me respect. And uh, that's one thing that I tell people, you know, all these so-called ghost hunters that you scream at the ghost and challenge the ghost and curse the ghost. They shouldn't do know, that. They shouldn't do that. How would you like it if somebody come up to your door, knocked on the door and started screaming, yelling at you and cursing at you and challenging you to come outside? You'd either call the police or get a gun and shoot them or get a baseball bat and beat them. So, you know, use the same respect when you're dealing with the other side that you would with your fellow human being because you're dealing with entities that have intelligence, volition, willpower, memories, emotions, everything else, just like we do if they were never human. So, and a lot of them have immense power. And so you should approach that with respect and with honor and don't ask them to jump through hoops. You know, I hate it when people, they put up a REM pod and they say, okay, if there's anybody here, if there's a spirit here, activate the REM pod and the REM pod goes off. And what do they do? Do it again, 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 do it again. It's like, you're not dealing with a trained monkey here. You know, you're dealing with an intelligent being. So approach the other side with respect. Don't go in with these preconceived notions that everything's dangerous or malevolent or whatever. Um, I've investigated a lot of these and been called in to investigate or to help people that have had experiences that they thought they had been attacked or this, that, and the other, and whatever. I'm not saying this is the case every single time, but in the majority of cases that I know of that I've dealt with or investigated, people have misinterpreted what they've experienced mm -hmm. or there has been drug use involved or there has been mental illness involved, emotional disturbance involved, superstition involved, a knee-jerk reaction from their religious upbringing. And so that's where everything becomes malevolent, demonic, dangerous, or whatever. And it's not. There's not a demon out there behind every bush waiting to get us. Uh, you're not going to get my book and start using these techniques and open up something you can't control or whatever. And as far as people think, well, I'll get an attachment. Guess what? 
you already got attachments. Just like we're sitting here right now, everybody on this planet, there's radio waves going through the air right now, passing through your mm -hmm. body, passing through your house, passing through your room. You're not aware that they're there, but they're there. And if you get a radio and you plug it in, you tune the dial, you're going to, oh, there's country music coming in here. Turn the dial again. Oh, there's jazz. Turn the dial again. Oh, there's death metal. Turn the dial again. So just like that, guess what? We have spirit beings around us all the time in the invisible realm. So people, oh, I'm going to get an attachment. Guess what? You already got an attachment. You got spirit guides around you. You got your deceased loved ones around you, keeping an eye on you. You may have your deceased pets around you. You may have entities from other realms around you that keep an eye on you or watch over you or whatever. So, you know, don't, don't have these fear. Don't go into it with these preconceived notions of fear and don't believe that what you see on the ghost hunter shows is realistic because it's not. Uh, lots of these shows, fake evidence, uh, I've talked to some of the on-air talent uh, on some of these shows, and they were—they told me they were asked if they could scream and jump, run out of the room, or work up a cry, or whatever, and maybe they would insert another, you know, insert something to uh, to provoke that later down the line mm -hmm. in editing or whatever. Uh, so it's just, you know, look, the, the Ghost Hunter shows are not everything like it's really cracked up to be. So don't don't get into that mindset. I was going to ask you because how do you know that? I, these like you're talking to a deceased member of someone's family. How do you know it's not like a demonic uh, entity that's trying to trick you? Do you well, you if you get good and helpful information from that, let's go back to the Bible. Uh, okay. They accuse Jesus of being in league with the devil or being the son of the devil, right? And Jesus said, if uh, the devil uh, works against himself, his house is divided and he can't stand. So if the devil's doing good works, he's going against your basic concept of what evil is. And so how can he continue to, to be, to, you know, to, to influence? So if I'm getting information from a deceased relative in a, in a reading that provides loving, helpful, constructive, and positive information that makes mm -hmm. that person's life better, how is that demonic? How is that malevolent? How is that evil? It's not. And if there was a being that's their sole purpose was to feed you false information or dangerous information or whatever, uh, then they would do that. But if they're giving you good, positive, helpful information, you know, they're defeating their own purpose by doing that. Yeah, I can see that. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. Like, why would he give you positive stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there was one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I know some uh, couple. We were having a discussion a few nights ago. Uh, people claim, well, they they're called sleep ghosts or something like that. Where your people claim that they maybe they're in the same room and they mm -hmm. see the person walk by, but the person's sleeping upstairs. Yeah. What, what, did you ever hear anything like that before? Yeah, somebody's doppelganger. And, uh, you know, maybe it's an astral projection of the person while they're sleeping. Um, so it's, you know, we, we have a lot of experiences like that with, I've seen people's doppelgangers. One of the, one of the most interesting experiences I had, um, I uh, dated this woman that was a, a really, really flashy, good looking woman. How I dated her, I don't know, but anyways, I did. And uh, she had uh, not only was very unique in appearance, very pretty and very flashy and very sexy and very over the top. 
Uh, she also had a car that was very flashy and she had this uh, stuffed animal that she put in the rear deck of the car so that if she was in a parking lot, forgot where she parked, she could look for that stuffed animal. Oh, there's my car. So uh, we had been dating a while and early one morning, I was going down one of the, the main thoroughfares in town there, one of the main busy streets. Mm -hmm. And from afar, coming up in the opposite lane, going in the other direction, I saw her car and saw her. And my eyesight was, was super excellent. I could see her from way far away. And I thought, well, what in the world is she doing out this early? She never got out that early. And um, I looked and I said, well, maybe it's not her, but I knew it was. And she got closer and it was definitely her. And it was her car and there was a little stuffed animal in the, in the back on the rear deck. And so I flashed my lights at her and she didn't flash back or look over my way. And I beeped and she kept coming and didn't look at me or anything. I was like, well, what in the world? And she got up right close to me and it was absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt her. It was definitely her. There was no question it was her. It was her car. There was the decoration in the back and the rear deck and everything. And she drove past me and I'm honking and I'm yelling and she drove past me like with this death grip on the wheel and just staring straight ahead and never even looked over at me and went on down the road. And I was like, well, what in God's name? And so uh, I got on my phone in the, in the car there and I thought, well, I'll call her and I'll, I'll leave her a, a voicemail, you know, and say, what in the world? You know, number one, what are you doing out so early? Number two, I honked, I flashed my lights, I yelled at you, I was waving out the window. You didn't even look over. What in the world? You know, you were in some kind of deep study or whatever. So I dialed her, phone rang a couple of times. She picked up. I was like, oh my God, I was speechless. I said, what are you doing home? She said, well, idiot, where else would I be? I live here. What else? What do you mean? What am I doing home? I said, I'm watching your car drive down the road in my rear view mirror right now as we're speaking. I saw you and your car and I'm watching it in the rear view mirror as we're speaking. And so we never could figure that one out as to. She says I, you were I, crazy. <laughs> no, she was a believer. She, she knew all this stuff. So uh, we, we could only figure out that maybe somehow she was thinking about me and projected something oh. real strongly or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's common for parallel universe. It's sort of like, um, I was watching a movie on the Angel Network called uh, The Shift. Mm -hmm. And the shifters would go to a different uh, parallel universe. Right. So right. if that was the case, we, we, it would be nice to believe that there are such things that you can go into these, that you can shift in and out of different realities. Right, um, right. Then if, what if you get caught in a, in a reality that you, you don't want yeah, to Yeah, that's, that's always been my thought. You know, it's like, okay. Like you, you really raise your lore or change your vibrations and you actually go into this other dimension or reality yeah. or whatever it is. And there you are. And then you can't get back. And you're stuck. You're st basically that was, he was stuck in this one parallel universe right, and he wanted right. to get back to his love. Yeah. You know, he kept on going into different um, realities, trying to right, find right. Um, Michael know, Anthony. If you, if you don't know what you're doing, you don't know how to do it and you get over there, then I don't think I you, would want to ask her to project. I know have, it's like, what if you do get stuck and you can't get back to where you want to yeah, be? And like you have to live this alternate all life. These, and, you know, it's, it's uh, a pretty bizarre thing. I don't think and I that, would like that to. Kind of, maybe that happens to some of these people like, you know, uh, David Politis missing 411 and all yeah. the we have in the U.S., Maybe that's what happens to some of these people is they get sucked into they get these sucked into a, a different reality and yeah, they can't and get out. Aren't, aren't able to come back. Yeah. Because they said that um, 
in some of the most bizarre cases, uh, they'll be walking on a path in the woods with somebody and they'll be side by side and they're talking and the person looks over away for like a second or two and looks back and the person's gone, they're vanished. And so what happens? Why does that person go into this alternate reality and vanish? And uh, my uh, thinking on this was always, you know, let's get a group of people together, psychics and mediums and things that, uh, and metaphysical that practitioners. Really and let's go to these spots where they disappeared, see if we can get them back. You know, that would be, why didn't anybody suggest that? <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, Michael Politis, he's into, he believes in all that UFO, Bigfoot phenomena. Why didn't he get, try to do something like that to see if you guys yeah. could find out where they went? No, that's, that would that's be what I've always wanted people to be able to, um, to do. And, you know, and I have to encourage other people to do it because I have a gajillion health issues. I'm fixing to be 70 for Christ's sakes in March. And so I don't have the energy and the youth and, and everything to go out there and do that like I used to do. Yeah. So, you know, I try and encourage people that have that ability to say, hey, look, here's something we can try, you know, go out there and do that and see if you can, can uh, you know, maybe bring these people back or at least get a better clue as to where they went or something. Yeah, Michael Anthony said, do people attach to people through one's own oh, frequency? <laughs> like twins? I've been, on, I've been on Michael's show as well. Hi, Michael. Uh, yeah, I think that there's a lot to the a good analogy there because twins do feel the other one's pain without being there to see if there's cases of twins being separated by states and knowing what mm -hmm. was going on with the other twin or feeling their pain or whatever. So I think that people do get attached to people of their own frequency like that or to loved ones. And uh, again, if you're really attached to someone like seeing the, uh, the spirit of someone, the ghost of someone uh, that looks exactly like them walk through your bedroom while they're upstairs asleep, uh, you know, Maybe they're astrally projecting. Maybe you're just so attached to them that you're seeing what they do in their sleep situation, you know, sleep state or whatever. But a lot of possibilities there. And there's a lot of things, Jenny, we just don't know. You know, there are some things we can hang our hats on. There's a lot of stuff we just don't know. Yes, and no. uh, so we have to call it speculation when we're speculating, <laughs> you know, like I'm speculating that these people go into another dimension that they disappear may not be that at all, but it, it seems like the most, logical deduction at this point and i think it's a good good starting point to experiment with mm -hmm. so your your birthday's in march what your pisces or you aries aries okay so you're on yeah. the cusp right yeah yeah um i don't know there's just so many weird things that are happening lately too that you can't we can't explain i know it seems like there's one goofy thing after the the other already yeah. i mean we're I don't know. Somebody on Reddit had posted a picture. I wish I would have the picture of this. It looks like it could. It's the shape of a, like an alien with a big, you know, the oval, you know, the elongated Typical head. Layer. Yeah, right, right. And it sort of looks like a mushroom or a cross between a fungi and a potato. Mm hmm. And I'm wondering um, if that's the start of something because it was found in someone's garden. But it looks so much like an alien ET body no shape. No I wish weird. I had it. Um, yeah, you know, the, um, and the other side communicates with us, just the spiritual realm in general. Uh, you know, there are aberrations in vegetables that are grown that have these uh, definite shapes to them that are 
very specific. They look like a human or this or that or whatever. And uh, I've seen, uh, I remember in, uh, in the Black Rock Forest up in New York, where I used to live, there's a, um, a tree there that has a, a literal human brain on it. There's this growth oh on God. the tree in the wood from the, from the wood and the bark that's an exact model of the human brain when you look at it with all the fissures and crevices and everything else. And anybody that looks at it, it's maybe going to say, oh, my God, that's a brain. And then right. there is, in, in the same forest, there is coming off the trunk of the tree way up high and curving over in a flaccid state is a penis with a head on it. And oh, my God. And I mean, it's it, there's no mistake that it's a penis and it's just growing off the side of the tree, hanging off over the side of the tree. Well, it must be some kind of weird, like some evil <laughs> witch turned somebody into something. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm going to turn you into a tree. So yeah. I think the other side every now and then in nature itself sometimes says, hey, watch this, watch this, watch it when people see this, you know. The other side mm -hmm. has a sense of humor. And, uh, and nature has a little bit of a sense of humor in spite of its, wow. its uh, you know, danger and, and everything. Oh, yeah, look at that. That's cool. Oh, you can see that's the little it. face and the little eyes. Yeah, and you see that. That was it's all over the Internet now. This this head, it's a they don't, to me. I don't know. I think this is real, but it could be like a potato. But it looks like look at the little. The face is what really gets creeps me out. And yeah, this is going, it's got eyes and, and a little mouth, you, and it looks like there's a little ear hole over there. Have you ever seen anything like that. that before? That's incredible. That's incredible. I love it. I love it. Do you and see that? Now, they're saying, people are saying it's authentic. So could it be some yeah. kind of alien creature that, like, it was an embryo or something? that Because it's Either real small. Just, it's, it's not big. From, yeah, just something from Mother Earth saying, hey. I'm giving you a clue here. I'm giving you a hint here, you know, because nature does that, you know, Mother Earth does that because I believe Earth is sentient. And, uh, oh, here's here's the funny thing, you know, used to, if you said that rocks and trees and flowers and bushes and whatever had intelligence and that the mm -hmm. Earth itself was intelligent, uh, people laughed you to scorn, called you a tree hugger, called you a nitwit, called you an idiot, called you superstitious. Now what's really funny, and I write about this in one of the latest books I'm writing, I write about this. Now what's really hilarious is that mainstream science, and in my books, I put the links to these scientific articles and to the scientists and to the scientific websites. Mainstream science now is saying trees not only have awareness, they have memory. They're oh, saying wow. now that plants have an understanding of their environment, of their connection to each other, and of everything that's happening to them. They have an awareness of everything that's going on and on and on and on. So now science is validating what all the old time metaphysicians and everything used to say when they told us, hey, you know, respect nature, respect trees, respect so on and so forth, because they're alive. They have knowledge. They're knowing. They may even have emotions similar to ours. Yeah, and, they, and I now think scientists they, they are saying too. that. You know, scientists are even saying that plants have emotions in a sense that well, they know when they're being attacked by like a. Well, yeah, because they put. They say that they produce this kind of toxin that can kill, get yeah. you sick. From and and they start communicating to the other plants in the area that hey this. Caterpillars chewing on my leaf or whatever, and you know, mm -hmm. beware. So it's it's amazing now that science is proving what 
you know, psychics and metaphysicians and people have contended all along. Well, so, yeah, it's like you don't know. What's I mean, there's, I believe they heal, trees heal, you know, the grounding oh, yeah. and all. When you put your feet right. on the soil, you can feel the, the energy from grounding, the tree roots yeah. mm-hmm. actually healing Absolutely. you. Yeah, definitely. I sleep with a grounding mat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally believe in it, especially yeah, when I absolutely. fall asleep with. I am so weird. I have my phone has a um, EMF protector on it. I don't know if it works or not to protect me because yeah. I think too much EMF. I shouldn't yeah, sleep with it. It's, it's interesting. I, I started doing some research lately because I have a heart condition and I started doing some research lately. And this is not from metaphysical sites. This is from like the medical sites like Harvard Med and, and all these things that you find online. And interestingly mm-hmm. enough, they're saying that during geomagnetic storms and solar flares and all those things that they see a st- statistically significant increase in heart attacks and heart problems during geomagnetic storms and during solar flares. Oh, so, I bet. Yeah. So this is, this is medical science saying this. So this just reinforces how much we're connected with everything and how we may need to do certain protective things for ourselves uh, to, to see us through those types of things. Oh, definitely. I think it has an effect. Cause I know I, when I used to do, before I did anything like this on the creative side, I was, I worked in an office and I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I might have a lot of energy, like electricity because I would mess up all the electric, like the copy. Yes. Yeah. machines the, yeah. I, I messed up so many things so i think my electrical pulse whatever you want to call it was messing everything up we have yeah i used to i used to do that and uh oh Kaysen says i know mediums who read the minds of plants and even rocks yeah i've had a uh, a big experience with that case where i have communicated with plants and where i've communicated with rocks um the most interesting in regard to that and i write about that and in um, one of my latest books that's, that's coming out, uh, there was a rock uh, out in my my garden here in the rock garden in my uh, my house in my yard that was an apport because I I'm an artist and a photographer so I'm very visual I knew everything that was in that specific area I had just looked at it and this wasn't there and then I, the next time I looked there was this rock and it's a very very strange very unusual rock. And so I got it and uh, brought it in the house and it began to communicate visually. And oh, wow. the, first, the first thing that it did was the surface changed appearance and it changed appearance in the most startling, bizarre way. There was um, faces that begin to appear in profile and silhouette all over the surface of the rock. That's and then cool. these speckles begin to appear. And then my name, appeared and then this sigil that i developed and used appeared on this rock and then that all vanished with the exception of my name and my name is still there on this rock and then it's done various other manifestations and um, i was sitting in the living room one day my wife and i were watching tv and i had the rock there beside me and the surface was completely clear except for my name on it that it appeared and i had ordered this crystal and this crystal came and I got the crystal and I was, was, you know, massaging the crystal, touching the crystal, getting used mm-hmm. to it. And the, uh, the rock 
develop these white blotches, these like these white mm. polka dots all over it, all That's over it, the entire thing. And I showed it to my wife. I said, look at this. Look, you know, this was clear before. Look at this now that's covered with polka dots. This has to be an acknowledgement and a reaction to this crystal. And so she freaked out. So we looked at that and I put the rock <laughs> down and I left it there. And about five or 10 minutes later, we looked at it again and all the polka dots were gone. They'd vanished off the rock. So rocks do communicate. That's amazing. And this rock has gone further than just a visual communication and begin to tell me about itself. It presents itself as a male presence, a male mm. energy. It presents itself with knowledge, intelligence, understanding, emotion, so on and so forth. So this has opened up a whole new um, understanding and exploration for me that That's I've never incredible. really had. Now, I've always had rocks that communicated symbols and things to me, but this is the, the deepest communication. But there's and still kind of a living substance in it that we didn't know about. Yeah, it's it's like an intelligence, you know. It's it's uh, you think a, a living rock thing. is just a rock, but it's more than just a rock. It's more than just a rock, exactly. So you know, I always tell people we have to be so aware, so conscious, uh, conscious of our uh, our world and what's in it, yeah. and the understanding that these things do possess everything in nature. It may not be a human intelligence, but it's an yeah, it's the nature. Know? Nature's it's wonderful. Nature. Yeah. But we have a couple more minutes. I just have to, uh, the last five minutes we have together, since you are a psychic, do you see anything in my life? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's going to, it's going to be a little topsy-turvy for you this year. Right. And and it's going to be kind of a, um, do I zig or zag here? And I think the main thing is rather than trying to deal with every option or variation or whatever comes your way, Stay focused with your main focus and just keep moving toward that. And don't try and adapt to or deal with each little variation or problem or thing that arises or comes along. Just kind of ignore that and keep focusing on moving forward toward your main focus and your main goal. Because all these little, all these distractions are going to come up and all these things are going to come up that if you focus on them, they're going to take you off the path. And what you need to understand for this year is just because something shows up in your life don't mean you have to give it attention and deal with it. You can ignore it and just keep going toward your, toward your goal for the year. Do you see any one specific goal I should have instead of going off in so many different directions? <laughs> you know, I think, I think focus on deepening your spiritual walk and your spiritual work and doing what you're doing here with the, with the show. And I think that has to be the main thing for you. And develop things that are meaningful to you, you know, that have, uh, have real significance for you. That sounds good. So, um, where should people find your information? Where can they go to, to find information on your books, your readings? Okay. If they want a reading or more information about the psychic aspect of myself, go to johnrussell.net. And there's two S's, two L's and Russell, johnrussell.net. And if you want more information on the books, go to johnrussellauthor.com. So it's .net for the psychic, .com for the, for the books, johnrussellauthor.com, and then johnrussell.net for the readings. Well, there you have it, folks. So thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Jenny, I've enjoyed pleasure. it. Thank you for having me back. It's been great. Been a joy talking with you again. I hope all the listeners enjoy it. I hope so too. And it was a pleasure having you on again. Thank you take you. care and enjoy the rest of the year and with many healthy blessings. Thank you. You too. 
Great. Well, it was a great show tonight. I'm glad we had him on. Uh, so many different things there are going on in my life. I, I'm, I do go in a lot of different directions. I have, um, Good night, Kason. I have, oh my goodness. I want, it was a really cool experience I had this weekend. So I want to share it. I posted it on my Facebook page, but I went to the Barnes and Noble with my grandchildren and my sons and daughters. And we were just looking for books for the kids. And my daughter-in-law goes, oh my God, oh my God, your book's here. And I'm like, what book? And I'm like, from the sky. So it was like, holy moly, I haven't. That book was published, I, the first edition was 2012, and then the second edition was 2019, and it was optioned for a movie series with um, a producer and a screenwriter, but when COVID happened, everything went, so it's still optioned, but we haven't heard anything, and I go, holy crap, is that a sign or something, so. I've been going into different directions. I want to write, I want to paint, I want to, I want to do so much and I'm trying to do all this stuff. That's why I asked him, should I just, you know, concentrate on my writing or should I concentrate on my art? Cause I am an artist. Um, so it's like, well, what do I do? It's like, my brain's like, shh, shh, shh. but that's, uh, that was a really cool experience to see it in Barnes and Noble. Uh, and it was the old edition with the old cover. It has been since redone. And it's, I think it's a better cover. But, and I also want to let you know, I will no longer be on Sunday nights. This is my last Sunday night. So I'm going to be strictly on Tuesday nights at 7 Eastern. So I hope you guys come back. We have a lot of cool guests coming in March. So I hope you guys can come back, but I got to get off because I don't want to get yelled at because I'm over my hour and that wouldn't be too cool because Sean Kelly's next. So I just want to say thank you all. Thank you all for joining me tonight. Have a great night. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you. See you next time.